This is DeRay Olalia, and you're listening to episode 176 of the Before the Mains podcast. Lego. Are you ready to be the master architect of your life? Are you ready to design your business and invest the needs that create the lifestyle you've always dreamt of? Are you ready to learn from entrepreneurs and millionaires who have achieved a certain level of success? Hey, this is Derek, location-independent entrepreneur, and you are listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Hi, I'm Gina Lofton. I am an investor, and you're listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Hey there, my name is Heather Havenwood, marketing coach and global entrepreneur entrepreneur and you are listening to the before the millions podcast hey this is mark asquith the host of the seven minute mentor podcast global entrepreneur and all-round geek and you are listening to the before the millions podcast i am mc lobster the cash flow ninja and you're listening to before the millions podcast you're listening to the before the millions podcast but whether you're looking to invest for cash flow or build an online business that allows you to be location independent you've come to the right place mr hollywood himself presents the before the millions podcast and now your host deray olalaye what is going on good people welcome back to a brand new installment the first installment in 2021 happy new year welcome to a brand new installment of the before the millions podcast i'm your host deray olalaye and i'm excited Boy, am I excited. It's been an entire month since we released an episode. I know you've been wondering, where is the next BTM episode? I've been dying to get them out. But truth be told, it's been a very, very busy winter season around here. Although that's no excuse, it's given me space to think. It's given me space to reflect, to get back to the root of my goals. Right. I mean, as the new year comes around, we all start to think about what are our brand new year goals? And you guys know that this podcast has been running for going on, what, four years? And we've been super consistent. That's not normal. But that's largely in part due to my discipline. And again, we could have put out episodes over the past month. We have episodes to put out, plenty of them, in fact. But I wanted to get back to the core of what I'm doing this for, what my goals are. Again, I got into this business in the first place because I wanted to do with my time what I saw to be valuable. I wanted to control the things that I was doing every day. And I wanted to enjoy that. I didn't want to wait until holidays and vacations to soak in life and enjoy life. But oftentimes with work and really anything you 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 get into a routine and you know maybe in the new year 2021 you're going to have this amazing routine where you're going to the gym every single day and it becomes natural to you and you know one vacation may just throw that entire routine off to where you stop working out in May or June or July and then you don't work out for the rest of the year because again you get into a different routine right that's how we are programmed So I wanted to make sure with the podcast and many other things in my life that we'll discuss over the next few weeks that I I wasn't just doing things out of routine, that this is something that I still want to do, which, man, I was on the edge of my seat every single week wanting to get an episode out. But also I wanted to break the routine. 
to see how passionate I still was about this craft. And uh, I'm more passionate now than ever. So we, we have nothing to worry about. But again, through that process, I realized that if I want to continue doing this and if I want to grow my business where I know it can go, there are going to be some things that are going to have to change. Some of the biggest things are my focus, right, when I'm working and then lifestyle design when I'm not. And the biggest thing of all is my prices. I'm pretty much doubling my prices across the board this year for everything. I'm putting a higher value on my time so that I can have more of it to do what I want. And I highly suggest that you do the same. I'm cutting out tons of extracurricular activities, even MSM, the Motivated Seller Method. Again, we dropped in 2020. In 2021, we're having one launch that's lasting one week. So I'm going to help one group of students over a 12-week span to build their real estate portfolio and grow their real estate business out of the water. But that's happening once this year. When I originally thought that I was going to have maybe even close to four launches, but one launch at a higher price point brings me quality students that I know are going to do what it takes to get to their goal. So it's a win-win scenario across the board. Oh, so much to talk about. So much has happened over the past month, month and a half. And we're five minutes in and I haven't even introduced our guest on today's episode. So if you're not yet subscribed to this podcast, go ahead and do that as we speak. Over the next few weeks, we'll be dropping so much value. I have some amazing guests coming on the show. I have some solo podcasts. I have some of my clients and my students coming on the show. There's going to be so much amazing value over the next few weeks. So make sure you subscribe. We'll talk a lot more about my personal journey. And hopefully in 2021, this will be the inspiration that you need to take your business to the next level. So on today's episode, we have Mr. Stephen Butala and Mrs. Jill Dewitt. Now get this. Jill and Steven are land investors, but not any old land investors. They built a $24 million land resale empire, completing close to 16,000 transactions. I can't even count to 16,000. And they've done all this without incurring any debt. So obviously I had to have them on the show. I had to pick their brain. I hate that term, but I had to really just dive into what they were doing, how they were doing it and how we could benefit anyone who's interested in investing in land here in 2021. So we'll talk about some amazing apps. We'll get you guys started with some amazing steps and Steven and Jill are a whole lot of fun. So there's going to be a ton of inspiration sprinkled in along the way. And if you're not into land investing, no worries. This is still going to be a super valuable episode because there's so many principles that cross over and so many things that I learned that I was like, hmm, maybe that'll be a good thing to reinforce in my business, right? So definitely, definitely, definitely take heed to this episode. So welcome to this brand new year. I cannot wait for us to get into the episode, but first and foremost, as you know, tip of the week time. DeRay's tip of the week. Over the past few years, I've read roughly 50 books a year. That's an average of about a book a week. And this past year, 2020, I definitely did not read anywhere close to 50 books. Um, I think I'd, I'd be lucky to count half of that, but I still read enough books to make a worthy top 10 list. So if you guys aren't familiar, every single year I make a top 10 book recommendation list for you to read throughout the year. And this is supposed to help you throughout your journey as you build your real estate business. 
not only your business, but other areas of life as well. So this year, there's a book on the list that's called The 4-Hour Body by Tim Ferriss. And um, I kid you not, I've probably read this book about seven times this year, seven times. Um, And I say this year, I mean last year, 2020. I've probably read that book about seven times. I'm actually reading it again here in 2021 right now. So books like that are the type of books I love to recommend because they give you actionable things to do in health, wellness, fitness, you name it. It's not just about the business. So um, take heed to that book as well as the rest of the books on this year's top 10 list. So if you go to beforethemillions.com forward slash resources, you will see all of my top 10 book lists since 2016. So before we get into the show, I wanted to read off a few of the books that are on this year's list to make sure that you add it to your Audible account or you go ahead and rent it out of your library or you go ahead and download it off a of Kindle. So besides the four-hour body, we have a book called The Peebles Principles. And this is, uh, I don't put these books in any particular order, but this book, quite frankly, oh man, when it comes to inspiration, it has to be like, it has to be like top three I've ever read. And it's so different from most of the books I've read. It's about a particular individual. His name is Donahue Peebles. And this book was originally published in 2007. I'm not going to go into too much into the weeds of the book, but this is a biography of this man's life and how he worked his way into power and influence and ultimately became a real estate mogul through partnerships and deal making and and creating the right opportunity at the right time. I mean, this was a young African-American kid who had one foot into politics and one foot into entrepreneurship. And he used the principles that he learned over the years to create the largest black owned development firm in the entire nation. I even read a book that's called Belichick, right? And this book is a biography on the New England Patriots head coach, Bill Belichick. And it just, again, it highlights how much of a mastermind this guy is at the art of the NFL game from front office things to actually on-field coaching. But this has nothing to do, absolutely nothing to do with real estate or online business or education. But I drew so many parallels by reading this book. Heck, I even got into some stock books, guys. And you guys know I don't dabble in the stock market, but I got into some stock books. And some of my favorites this year are on my top 10 list. So there's one called Reminiscence of a Stock Operator. And these are some really old books, guys, by the way. I think this one was written in 1923. And there's another one called More Money Than God. Highly recommended. Some of these are a bit lengthy, but highly, highly, highly recommended. And you're like, I've never heard of these books. I mean, some of you guys who listen to a ton of podcasts, these are books that nobody has ever talked about, right? But these are the books that I'm finding that I'm interested in. And hopefully you guys will take a lot out of them. Again, if you want to see my entire book list for 2020, head over to beforethemans.com forward slash resources. And then you'll be able to also see uh, my, my top 10 book list for every single year since 2016. Hope that helps. Let's get into the show. And now your feature presentation. Uh, you know, it was watching my dad. Uh, he was a, a corporate pilot and he just has, he always had his, uh, a crazy schedule. It was never a nine to five kind of a life. And a lot of him and his peers, well, first of all, he was flying around a lot of people that were real estate professionals. You know, he did charter work for a while and I was always wondering like, 
you know, how do you get to do this? How do you own a helicopter? How do you get to do this kind of thing? And these guys are all real estate. It was, I was born and raised in Southern California in Orange County. And if anybody knows who Don Cole is, he used to um, fly him around and, and he was aircraft to work for those companies too. He flew Ronald Reagan when he was governor, you know, it was really kind of cool. And I always kind of knew. And then I watched my dad, slowly start to build. And back then it was just buying homes and build a little rental um, profile. And he did it in California. And then he went and did it in Texas. And he had several in Texas before he passed on a few years ago. So that for me, I always wanted the flexibility to be my own boss. And I knew what was possible with real estate. But but it wasn't like you jumped straight in, was it? Or I mean, did you because oftentimes we see our parents and we're like, okay, mom, dad, you're doing really cool things. And I appreciate you for raising me and all that good stuff. But I'm going to go in the opposite direction. Was it was it immediately going straight towards what what your dad was doing? Or was it was it kind of figuring things out, you know, maybe stumbling a few times and you're like, hey, I remember that, you know, dad is really good. How, How did it work? Well, what's funny is my first real full-time job was working for real estate developers in Orange County. I started as a receptionist and I worked my way up to be like assistant to these two guys and they would buy strip malls. So I would watch this whole thing. And I got to the point where there was, I couldn't go anywhere else unless I had the money to invest. Um, So I left and I decided to go the other thing that my dad did. And I went into the airline world and I did it all wrong. I was, <laughs> I worked 17 years. I had the stupid golden handcuffs. I learned all about dumb seniority and, 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 um, it was a tough, you know, it was punching a time clock and I did it. And I, I thought that was the thing to do at the time. And I was miserable. So miserable. Did you literally punch a time clock? Yes. I literally punched wow. a time clock. I'm not kidding. When I started years. there. 17 years for uh, a major airline, because uh, I thought, you know, he was he was doing it a different way. I thought, well, I'll at least get in with the airline. You know, like that was dumb. You know, I learned what max pay was. I never, if you can just imagine being in a job and you walk around bragging that, well, I'm at max pay right now. What the heck is max pay? You don't want to max anything. <laughs> like in our life. Yeah. There's like n- maximum there's no- taxes. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Wow. Exactly. So, so Jill, tell me, tell me, and maybe we'll put a pause right here. It depends on when, when did, when did you and Steve meet? So we met in 2009. And were you still entrenched in the airline industry or had you already kind of set your sights on something else? I left there in 2007. I snapped. I was sick of it. I, I left the city I was in. I got a new job. I made some major changes in 2007. So it was kind of nice. So you met me. I was a whole different person. I was like, I, I was searching for something. So I met her now. It's not the other way around. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's cute. That's so great. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I had the honor and pleasure of meeting Jill. <laughs> <laughs> when that, we that's met, what that's what welcome I to the Jill Show, Dre. There you go. There, <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. Yeah. So you guys met in, in, in 2010, and Steve, Steve, what, what were you doing at the time? Walk me through. Walk me through up until 2010 in your life. What, what was that like? When I got out, of, I got out of college in 1989 in Michigan, and one of the worst real estate recessions possible. Uh, and I, like an idiot, elected to take a full commission position at a commercial real estate firm. So and no I had an accounting. Expert. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. 
And I decided to go into medical uh, commercial real estate because it was kind of recession proof and ended up through a long series of doing a bunch of deals, buying and selling nursing homes and long-term care facilities like assisted living facilities, collected over the, about a, for about two years, maybe three years, collected some uh, nationwide. There were about 17,000 facilities in the entire country back then. There's a hell of a lot more now collected uh, publicly traded companies as buyers and then tried to roll up the mom and pop facilities all over the country uh, and did it pretty successfully. Um, but I was tired of making phone calls, uh, cold calls. Hmm. So I devised this system to send faxes in an automated way uh, during the middle of the night because the phone rates are cheaper. This is way before cell phones and the internet. The internet didn't even kick in. And that was the beginning of sending out blind offers, which is what we do now by the tens of thousands uh, every month. So Fast forward to now, and that, by the way, doing a, a long-term care deal is maybe the most complicated deal there ever was. You've got to get federal approval, state approval. You have to, you know, there's usually a public company involved. There's so much, and I just longed for a simpler deal. So through making about 7 million mistakes, every, every mistake you can possibly make around, uh, I don't know, 2000, uh, probably 98-ish, uh, I kind of figured it out. And we were buying and selling a ton of vacant land with no lender. Uh, there was nobody involved except a buyer and a seller. And the way that we found these sellers is by sending out these blind campaigns by uh, with uh, direct mail, which is still what we do. So the whole, and I didn't realize it at the time, there's really a bifurcated uh, situation or a bifurcated business model that we have. And I'm a good data person. I love doing it. I'll, I'll go into a black hole for two days, uh, work some stuff out, come back out smelling like hell and, you know, under malnourished, but... Um, but I'm not as good and don't want to be on the sell side when we actually buy the property and resell it and the whole thing. And she's great at that. So when I met John, joined forces in 2010, I had all, most of the mistakes out of the way. And I really gained a partner that could take the other side of it and run we times 10 at, at that point. So I, by the way, I'm a, I think you've mentioned in the pre-show, I worked for KPMG for years doing this for them, made them a ton of money. And, and that was when, uh, I hit the W2 wall. I couldn't take it anymore. I, I had to leave. I made partner and left at the same time. Wow. Walk me through psychologically what you were, what you like, what that was like, what you were going through before you left that, that decision to leave that what emotionally, like what was going on in, 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 in your heart, in your mind? Like, you know, cause again, a lot of us feel this angst and whether it's in year one or year 15, like what, what was it for you and what finally put you over the edge? Well, so I know for me and you picked up on it too. I knew there was more. I was killing it for everybody else and not for myself. And the company that I've left when Steven said, Hey, you need to come and work with me and do this in a big way. He's like, he sat me down and added up all the money that I was making for this other company. She was making this company as a sales person <laughs> about $80,000 a month. Right. You know, and, um, and like my annual salary was less than that. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, something's wrong here. <laughs> So she worked from home even back then. And so I was running my company. Uh, we were living together and she was working from home. And I'm, I'm like, oh, every day I'm listening to her on the phone, just destroy it, just kill it from a sales standpoint. I'm like, so I gave her a bunch of properties. And I said, can you do this? Like when you're done with work, can you do this? And she just killed. She sold every single property we had in like three weeks. Wow. <laughs> wow. It's great. Wow. That is insane. Talk about it like a perfect match made in heaven. That is amazing. Uh, to answer your question on my on my side, I I said to myself this sentence: I would rather flip burgers for the rest of my life than go back into that accounting job one more day. 
that's how bad it is. And I think that some of your listeners probably can identify with that. Steven, I'm right here. I'm right here. I'm right here. I don't know if you guys can see me. I'm like in my heart. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, but you were moonlighting for a while or, or did, you, did you completely drop it and then start? Like, how did it work? I never stopped buying and sell, selling land since the early 90s. Um, right. So, and then I finally left. Um, and then I said, I, and I would encourage anyone who's listening to this, Hopefully, by the time you leave your job, you say some sentence like this to yourself. Wow, I should have done that two years earlier. Because you don't want to leave too early before you've got a good cash situation going on on the other side and all that. And got like your expenses organized. And you want to be an adult about it. You don't want to do it emotionally. But yeah, I said, man, I should have done that two years ago. Wow. Wow. That's insane. I also did the same thing uh, as Jill. She, she moved, through, uh, you know, moved out of the, uh, moved away. I did the same thing. I moved into a different state and just restarted my life with this new, you know, kind of career thing. And it worked out or just what's not a new career. I just took it to a place it should go. So, I mean, you like literally you've, you had, you had already been doing it since you were still at a big four accounting firm. So it just, it went from part-time to full-time. And did you feel like the fruits of your labor? I mean, again, I remember when I, when I, I didn't quit my job. My job quit me, actually. Um, I remember when um, when that happened and I was just like, OK, well, I hadn't yet me personally, I hadn't yet built up my passive income to exceed what I was making at work at the time. And I because I still had a goal. I still had a, a runway. I was it was unexpected. So I was like, man, like, you know, what do I do and how do I figure this out? But at the same time, I knew that I didn't want to go back and get a job. So I was just like, all right, well, Duray, just focus, put your head down and if you truly believe in this business and, and how much time that you've exerted at, 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 at the corporate lo- at the corporate firm, all right, take those 50, 60 hours a week, put it in here and see if these results can double, triple, 10x. So, so when you went full time, is there anything that you began to notice? Was it was it was it like, did you feel like you had achieved what, what you had what you had quit your job for? Was it worth it? Was it, I mean, was it just smooth sailing from then on out? Like what happened immediately after? No, it's horrifically scary. Uh, it was a, uh, for a short time, it's fire, fiery ball of tragedy until, and you just said it, I really started believing in myself and, and uh, my capability for doing these deals. So, uh, you know, it's very, very scary. Uh, but it, it, you have to reach, a, I guess, a rock bottom point before it's like, you know what? I, I was very lucky. And I, in it, I didn't do this intentionally, but I did stuff in life in the right order. I'm actually writing a book about it. Uh, it's probably going to be done by the end of the year called shit your father never told you, you know, it's for a young man. There's stuff that you got to do in your life. I'm not plugging it here. It's just people have keep asking me to, cause we have a talk show too called the land Academy show. And, and we talk about it uh, once in a while. And I think it's, it's important for people to attempt to do stuff in the right order. Like go to school, don't get married, don't have children and don't uh, do things intentionally to screw up your life before you have some type of stable uh, environment where you can actually correctly be married and correctly raise children. So I was really lucky and uh, for whatever, and I didn't set out to do it. It just happened that way. So when I quit my job and, and started doing this full time, um, I, I mean, I, my apartment rent was like $300 a month. I didn't, I didn't have any, uh, any real expenses. So I just eating ramen noodles and I still eat ramen noodles, by the way. I don't know why. I ate them last night. I know it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Absolutely. Um, Jill, tell me this. What is one of the best or maybe worthwhile investment investments that you've ever made in yourself? And this can this can be an investment of money. This can be an investment of time. This can be an investment of energy. 
Um, what's the best or most worthwhile investment you've ever made in yourself? This is fun for me too. This is good. <laughs> uh, I had to learn to relax and take breaks. I'll tell you, I'm bad at that. I used to be really bad at that. So I, I will work 50, 60 hours. I won't come up. I will dive in at seven in the morning and I'll barely eat. And even now and then he'll remind me like, um, I'm going to take a break today. I'm like, but part of it is my, what I do right now is so flipping fun. I love it. So, but I had, I've learned that if I take breaks, take vacations, have some fun, whatever it is, get a massage. Those are treats for me. I'm a, I'm a better person. I'm a happier person. I'm way more fun to be around. So that's, I love that. I I love that. I love that. So, so before we get into land and it seems as though I'm asking interesting questions to Jill that obviously Steven wants to hear. So let's do one for Steven. Steven, when (laughs) (laughs) When you feel overwhelmed or maybe you feel in focus temporarily, what do you do to get yourself back in alignment? And if it helps, what questions do you ask yourself? I log into Microsoft Outlook because we are, we are, all of our companies running on Microsoft 365 and whatever I'm feeling like I'm not getting down or anxious about or whatever's happening, I schedule it out. You know, I live and die by calendar events and scheduling things out. And so if I know for a fact uh, what I'm supposed to do, let's say on Sunday night for the entire week, it's all in there. I sleep like a rock. So it's all about scheduling for me. And, uh, you know, I think, isn't the name of your show like Habits of Millionaires? That, that's my contribution to that. I have to have everything scheduled. And I'll tell you, man, I will stop at 1.59 in the afternoon. I will stop and start whatever it tells me to do at 2 o'clock. Mm. And I'll push, if it's not done, I'll push it to the next day or the next week or whatever. I think a lot of people get really jammed up with whatever they were supposed to do between 12 and 1 didn't get done. So they continue to do it that day. And it just, it screws up. Now you're not screwing up one event. You're screwing up all the subsequent stuff that you were supposed to get done that day. That stresses me out. I don't roll that way. <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying to picture it together. I'm like, hmm, should I, should I try that? That's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> so I don't do roll that way, Duray. Yeah, same to you. Like when you think about that, when you're, when you're, I mean, just not even the question I asked him, but specifically about scheduling. I mean, how do you, how do you process that? For me, yeah. like if, it, if it's something, here's truth time. Yeah, we have this thing <laughs> called truth time. time. We have shows. Yeah, I just came up with this a week ago. Right? It's a new, it's my a new truth time. show. There we go. <laughs> exactly. Truth time. If I have a calendar, a calendar event that involves him, I'm on it. <laughs> if it doesn't involve him, it may or may not happen that way. <laughs> I'm nuts about that. that. <laughs> That's awesome. I yeah. love it. Okay, cool. So, so let's, let's, let's get into some land because I'm inter- in, interested and I'm, I'm like, okay, land investing is a, is a popular topic these days. So I want to know who this is for, right? And is this for the active investor or the passive investor? Is this for the person looking to completely replace their income? Like who, who is land investing for? And how, and we'll, we'll get into how they can get started, but let's just start with who is this for? You know, we have such a variety of members in our community. It's amazing. We have professionals like you and like Steven who come from, gosh, accounting. They have PhDs. They're data guys. They're really, you know, into it, doctors. And then I have stay-at-home moms that have said, hey, I'm just want to make some money on the side. I, I, I want to contribute to my family and, and maybe start paying for my kids' college education. 
And it's, we have people too. It's funny that when you say your job got taken away from you, especially recently, we have so many people mm-hmm. with our, what's going on in the planet right now that their jobs aren't there. And they've been like, so grateful that they had this to put food on the table mm. um, during this period. And it's forced them to kickstart uh, this career. And a lot of them are like telling us, I'm not going back. I'm like, I don't blame you. <laughs> that's beautiful. That's beautiful and inspirational, Jill. Can I take a track? Sure. Track? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> people that are succeed. We have a what's called an advanced group. We don't charge any money for it. It's just when people are sending out a tons of mail and being really successful, we we promote them to the advanced group, and we don't. They don't get any warning. We just we call them and say congratulations. Yeah. Awesome. Here's the profile of the person in the advanced group, and it's uh, very very similar. They owned a business before this one. Uh, or they can they still own it, so they know about payroll and all the crap that goes on with all that stuff, and paperwork and LLCs and all of that. Because we don't we get a lot of questions on all that. I'm sure you do too, yeah. and uh, it gets a little tiring answering that. So they've owned a, a company before. They understand all that. They either understand data incredibly well. They're like an analytical data accounting type person, like you and I probably are, or they're just like Joe, where they're this incredibly already accomplished salesperson who's sick and tired of making tons of money for somebody else. Right. And they won't quit. They will not stop. And that, and that is the That's attribute me. and, and me too. That's yeah. the attribute um, that I really look for when, and when we promote somebody into the advanced group uh, and then, and they've always got these constantly have these stories about, I just bought a property. We had one last, we interviewed somebody last week. Actually, it's going to air on Monday. Um, bought a property. She's new, bought a property for 300 grand, sold it for a million and nine. And she, That's you know, awesome. with a bunch of partners. So, That's absolutely now, awesome. we're actually helping her with her tax liability on that because she's 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 so new. She's like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> so, what did we do immediately after that situation? We said, "How else can we help you with the other deals?" And she brought us in on par- yeah. as a partner on a bunch of other properties. So she just she did. Really I wired well. some money yesterday yeah. to her. <laughs> so you have to be a go getter to directly answer your question. There's, I don't believe that there's any such thing as really as passive income unless like you're buying stocks. And even then you're going to look at it every day. When you think about the, the structure of the, the business owner that is a land investor, right? And you said she bought property. Did she buy property or did she buy land? Land. It's all she, land. Okay. She bought land. Okay, cool. hundred percent land. Okay, cool. When you think about um, the, the average individual who, who is a land investor, um, or, or rather the structure that you guys have put in place for them. What does that process look like from a 30,000 foot view? Like you said, she just got started just using her as an example, but you know, what is she doing on a day-to-day basis and, and what, what is she covering? And I guess if she has people or software, what is that covering? And I guess what is, what is her, what does her business look like? Obviously it looks totally different from you guys because you guys have been doing it for, you know, you guys are the best at, in the biz, but She's just now getting started. What does her business look like? You know her. You've talked to her. I do, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know her that well. So, um, and she's smart too. She's she fits our total profile. Uh, smart. Just want to remember what her. And disgusted. Yeah. She was absolutely Data. disgusted with her, her job. I think she got let go or something. I don't recently. remember. Yeah. But so the 30,000 foot, what's, what this is all about is. Um, learning how to pick a county, spending some time and figuring out what properties and what counties and and uh, what's going to be a good acquisition there. Then from what there's data ways to do this, by the way. I've did in our and I'm not playing anything here. There's, oh, we'll get we don't to, have we'll any, get to that. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have any dart 
dartboards yeah. in our office. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. if you take a look it's at a strategic. state, you can break it down by counties, and then from there you can break it down by zip codes, and you can see where land's already performing. From a, what, a what, what, from again, thirty thousand foot view, because we want them to dive deep if they want to dive deep. But right, what does performing mean? There's a huge variance between uh, the for sale property, and this is land, and the sold comparison value property. Okay. And there's not a lot of property for sale in the jurisdiction that you're looking at, whether it's a code or county. Right. Okay. So the first thing that we're going to do is we're going to do market research. That's what right. it sounds like. And that's what, that's what your, the young student that you're, that you're working with has done. She's, she's done market research Perfect. and she's decided where she wants to start looking for land to invest in. Exactly. Okay. The next thing she's going to do is she's going to get her hands on, which we provide the assessor data for all of the sellers that meet that criteria. She's going to download all that data, scrub out all the yucky stuff like you don't want to send anything to the state of whatever. We don't care about that. And she's got a good list of all these sellers, all the size of properties and the zoning, everything that she wanted to uh, buy. Then she's going to use his strategy and she's going to go through, not line by line, we're doing like thousands at a time. She's going to kind of get a gauge for price to offer per acre. And she's going to use uh, Excel and just mass price a bunch of them. She's going to do a mail merge and get real offers that look very individual and professional out into the hands of these property owners in the mail. mail. And these property owners get these letters. They open them up. They see a, a, you know, it's a two page thing, an introductory letter. And then a second page is a purchase agreement with a dollar amount. And what our whole goal is to get good offers not stupid cheap and not way up here. That's not who we are. There's a good offers. They're sure they're low, but they're good offers. And these people's hands and a very, this is Steven, predictable amount. And consistent number of people mm-hmm. sign them and send them back. Exactly. They say, you know what? yippee ki I need $10,000. Yeah. Thank you. Or 300000 Whatever it is. And they sign them and send them back. And then we buy them. And then go through the process, and we teach, you know help with all this, how to how to market them, and and take good pictures and post them on the internet, and get them in front of the right people that want to buy them at this price. We buy down here and then sell up here. That's what this, this what this person did, which I think is fantastic, and I would recommend it to anybody, is she followed the instructions that we did to the letter, and then when the signed offer started coming back, she panicked. She she doesn't have three hundred thousand dollars. You know, most people don't. And so she started seeking, she started utilizing the Land Academy environment that we've created to find people that have money. Because we have tons of people in our group that have way more money than cents and have no interest because they have so much money in learning how to do this. They're just there to be financial people for, uh, for other newer members who are probably have a lot higher level of motivation right. to go out there and work hard. So, and she did, she raised all the money. Absolutely. When you think about, and Jill, you may be appreciate you may be able to appreciate this. And Stephen, I know you definitely will. When you think about the type A personality, and they're like, "All right, so I'm sending out," you know, I think you said a few thousand, but let's say she sent out ten thousand, right? I mean, right. Stephen, what are you looking at as far as a response rate? What are you looking at as far as like, okay, is this going to get me to my first deal? Like, I know again, it's not an answer that it's not a question that we can answer outright, and that's why there's always you know caveats. So I want you to just give us the best answer you can. What what we're looking like from a metrics aspect. The hard numbers look like this. We recommend uh, when you're brand new to send out 1,500 units a month. Um, and that should generate about three to five real viable opportunities uh, and buy one. 
don't go out there and don't go nuts because you're going to get yourself into a situation. And we don't see this happen too often. And, and the people who listen to this actually do well. Then after a few months, you got four or five, Jill usually says, try to get 10 deals under your belt and realize and decide if you want to do this, you know, because right. it's not for everybody. Uh, yeah. Once that happens, then you can start taking it up. We send out about 10000 a month. Yeah. And, and, and again, I think going back to saying it's not for everybody and kind of my, my very first question, let's, let's make sure we, we are, are talking to the people who it is for and making sure that the people who it's not for, they're like, okay, well, I have money. I don't have time. I want to get involved in this in a different capacity. Who, like, we know, like, okay, this is, and you guys, I, I think you guys gave some really good examples of who it's for, but uh, you touched on a point just now that it's not for everybody. So I want to make sure that people who, who do want to get into investing, who feel like, oh, I got an extra few hours a week, or, you know, I got, I got some money lying around. Is that the motivation level that we need? Like, when you, because I think you were you were really hitting on something when you said it's not for everybody. It wasn't like it's not for everybody in the sense that some people have money, you some people go? don't. But it was just like, uh, are you really ready for this? I think that's where you were going with that. So, kind of tell me what you guys mean by it's not for everybody. You hate Excel and it's confusing to you. <laughs> this is not for you. It's just, it's just not. It's just, uh, it's going to be a real uphill battle unless you're married to somebody who loves Excel. That's mm-hmm. you. He's six. So. <laughs> and if you're a fantastic salesperson, you hate Excel, you're going to do okay. Is that, yeah. As long as everybody's moving in the same direction. And that's a topic. Working with your spouse is a whole different topic for a different show. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, if you can get through that. Yeah. So, but I really... Get through this? If you don't... You guys can't see what, what she meant, but um, for audio, my audio, <laughs> she pointed at, 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 at Steve and they're like, are oh, you trying to get through this? Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> I'm the problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord um no deal <laughs> yeah there you go if you can work with your spouse you could do this yeah <laughs> this is a lot of work man it's a lot of work and, it, and it'll put money on your ta- uh your table and your children's table and your grandchildren's table forever if you if you stick with it uh and go to get through the ups and downs and that that it's learning how to do it by mine and selling real estate is easy and learning how to do this, I think, is crazy easy. It's it's time consuming, and you got to put a lot of effort into it. So all the other stuff in life that's hard, you know, doing it with two kids running around at your feet, or uh, dealing with a spouse that is, is yelling at you in one ear about about how stupid it is to go out and buy and sell land, or you know, that's the stuff you have to get over. I'd, I was just say we we are famous for making it look a little too easy sometimes because we're always laughing and having fun, yeah. but because there's a lot of moving parts. That's the thing that I want to make people know. You've got to be real detailed and really organized because, yeah. and you have to be uh, efficient and call these people back because when you've got a seller who's motivated, time kills call deals. Call these people uh, back. Oh my goodness, can I write that down? Like, <laughs> right? like that is the number. Call these people back. <laughs> exactly. People panic like that. Like, well, I'm gonna. This guy responded. He wants to sell me his land. I'm like, so what are you thinking about? I don't know what to say. Yeah, you do. You'll figure it out. You got to get them when they're excited <sighs> See, and they want to sell. Jill yeah. is my the business that I had for 20 years, and then Jill comes along and times tended overnight yeah. because that was just not my thing. We were doing right. great, and and and, and that's what, and that's why I wanted to attack this, Stephen, because I'm like. I know so many people, some of my students, I'm thinking about a, a lady in particular right now. Like she, she, she can, she's like, Dere, give me Excel sheets. Like I can do all the backend work and all this stuff. Like I'm okay with it, but you want me to talk to a seller? <laughs> you want me to, I, I she said, I, I physically cannot, like I will vomit before I can yeah. do that. 
And again, with, with you guys, it, it's a perfect match. And, you know, again, for some of us, we don't have spot. I, I think going back to luck, I think I was lucky enough to have a little bit of the, the okay, I, I was an accountant for a few years and I, I've always loved math and all this stuff. So I'm super type A and all that, but I'm still a very, very outspoken person, right? I, I mean, I host a podcast. I'm a very warm person. I love to talk to people, right? Um, I love to socialize. So I was able to navigate both, but I see oftentimes that a lot of us were one or the other and it's very hard. It's very hard. Like, especially if you're a people person, it's very hard to sit down in a seat and really look at numbers and be like, okay, what do I have to do? <laughs> right. So mm-hmm. <laughs> when, when you think about how you're helping the people who are maybe a little bit more on the analytical side, right. Jump into actually putting themselves out there and getting on the phone. What, what are some of the things that you guys are doing? We have a live event. It's funny you bring this up. We have a live event every year. We've uh, because of the COVID, we didn't have one. We won't have one this year, but we're shooting for March. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and on both of those cases, uh, there were people that inadvertently sat next to each other at our live event and became lifelong partners after mm-hmm. that because they decided that one they were one or the other. Mm. So I love that. You know, I'm I'm just like you. I uh, right. I got I have enough personality to get away with selling some stuff to make enough money to keep food on the table. I should have said get away with. <laughs> <laughs> but in the end, um, you know, I really realized that I, and I, I was lucky enough too to, when I, like I was ran these companies again for quite some time, I always had a former escrow agent that was working with me that would take the brunt of that off of my, you know, an employee. So I could get away with it there too. But in the very beginning, it was just me in the back bedroom of our condo dealing with all of it. And the internet really helps because you can sell a lot of stuff on the internet without talking. Right. Absolutely. So, let's, let's on the internet. Let's talk about the internet. I want to talk about a few phases of the business we've just talked about building. I want to talk about maybe the um, the tools that you guys are using in your business as far as apps go. And I know you guys use a plethora of apps. So we'll talk about some administrative apps. I just want to run through a few real quick. We'll talk about some acquisition apps and we'll talk about some data access apps. Let's start with the data access apps, uh, if you guys don't mind. What apps are you guys using? I know that you guys have a few listed as far as RealQuest Pro and DataTree, but what apps are you guys using to actually get your leads? And what is that? what does that process look like? So we decided a long time ago that all of land, we started Land Academy in 2015. And all it is, quite simply, is a culmination of all the tools that we have used in our business for years and years and years successfully. And we've just web enabled everything. So we've been using RealQuest uh, Pro forever. We're licensed providers for RealQuest Pro, DataTree, and uh, Black Knight's tw- Title Pro 24 7. So, you know, again, I'm not plugging anything, but we've made those. Uh, available to our members. So they have access to that at special rates and we teach them how to use it. So that's the data. Then you got to get the stuff in the mail. We created this company called OffersToOwners.com where members can, uh, once they pull down the data, scrub it and price it, can sh- just literally hit a button and goes to Offers to Owners. Is that only for land? Mm-mm. No, it's for houses too. Everything, everything. And it's yeah. for commercial real estate. The it's data really investors. Can... Anybody who's an investor. And so let me let me make sure out. we get everything. We get everything in the show notes. So we have all right. What's the difference before we get to the acquisition side of things? RealQuest Pro and DataTree and Title Pro. What's just again thirty thousand foot views? You know our listeners are they're, they're, This is some of the some of the first times hearing about these things. So thirty thousand foot view. What are the differences? They are the top three data providers in the country, really. And they are at a race to the finish line to collect everything that they can. So not one of them is 100%, but they're racing to get there. And it's not just the assessor data, but mortgage info, um, 
not just the vesting deeds, all the deeds, you know, so, you know, sales information. So we, but well, I use all three because maybe I'm looking up a property and I can't find what I need here. I can go here or here. One of the three is going to have the deed for me. One of the three is I'm going to be able to check uh, a lien report. One of the three I can do all these things. So that's why. People tend to think of real estate as this, this infinite thing. When the fact is in this country, there's 155 million pieces of property and it's a finite data set. And these aggregators understand that. They're, these right. people are a hell of a lot smarter than all of us combined. And so they'll take a data set and they'll take it, it'll start with the assessor's data, maybe 300 columns of, of data, and they'll add MLS data and mortgage data and all kinds of stuff. So they make that finite data set for regular users like all of us, and they put it in a format that we understand and it's consistent. It used to be, I'm, I'm old enough, where I was pulling data in the 90s. You'd have to go to one county, and it, it's just a. Hey, hey, I was PhD. still doing that last year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you know that a county in Kansas and a county in Arizona wildly different. Yeah, and you may not get what you ask for from the assessor too, and it takes yeah. time. You got to figure out how to do yeah. it and get it into your computer. And we literally yeah. had had a county that didn't go online until this year. It's crazy. Yep. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I bet it was in Arkansas. Yeah. So so. <laughs> So uh, I think I totally understand the 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 data aspect where we're getting our, mm-hmm. our leads from. Let's talk about acquisition a little bit. You guys talked about offers to owners.com. That'll be in the show notes. And this is basically a way for you to sound out offers to as many people as you want. Yeah, basically along the way we had to create a few of the companies because they didn't exist. <laughs> so that's one of them. Offers we, to we owners. Are, we own that company. We created. Well, I, love I love that. I love that. Take a data set. Let's you scrub down a data set. Let's say it's 10,000 records. You send it and you price it. You send it to offers to owners, which is a commercial bulk mail company, technically. It gets it prints those offers out literally in a you know in a 25,000 page PDF. PDF and then automatically stuffs it into envelopes and gets it in the mail to the owners. It sends the offers to owners. And they'll do the mail merge for you, which is great. So you're just sending them your data sheet and your letter template, and they'll put it together yeah. and make it beautiful for you. And then you wait, you wait for the so I'm, I'm I'm a little bit I'm, I think I'm t- I'm going backwards in, at this point, but I'm 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 a little interested. I think I don't know if you guys said it was a macro or or if you guys um have have built out a software for this, but you guys said that you you have an automated system where you you price uh you you price all of the land inside of Excel. We have a what's called smart pricing, uh, and we do a uh, we have a company called House Academy also. But the, I thought you were a partner to- in an accounting firm. <laughs> 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 is it automated? Uh, no, it's not. You don't press it. There's no easy button. Uh, but I'll tell you, we can very accurately help you and show you how to do it. Every county is a little bit different. And we work. At, I am working on an application that will automatically price everything. It's That'd probably six months away. That'd be crazy. That's the next big bag to receive. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that should be when I hopefully we'll get to talk about it. That should be when I'm asking for your your next few goals and what what's on the horizon. Like, hey, I don't know if that 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 sounds pretty major. Sounds pretty yeah. awesome. Um, okay, so so what are some of the other acquisition tools that you guys use? I, I'm looking at Dealboard, Deed Perfect, Parcel Fact, Neighborhood Scoop. Tell me tell me some of the popular ones that that, that really is worth talking about. Neighbor Scoop. Is Neighbor, neighborscoop.com. What is that? Yep, Neighborscoop. It's a thing that we created. It was a massive breakthrough for us, oh uh, my for gosh. us and for our members. So what it is, it's a site that we cre- you put in state, county, APN. And, Assessor's personal number. Right, and it pulls up all that information from those 300 lines of data that I've got. 
and then it, it also matches it with the um, spatial information. So I'm looking at the property literally on a map. Google Maps. It's beautiful. I can put it to Google Earth. I can use it. It's in our own. Is it Esri? I don't know what, it, what it's using right now. Um, but I have different layers that I can look at. I can overlay the FEMA flood map right there. It's like I can do due diligence on a property in under five minutes. That's what you need. So when these people call me back on the phone saying, hey, I got your offer. I do want to sell. I'm, I'm, if I'm in my office, I just pull it right up on a neighbor scoop. I can make a decision right then and there. The vast majority of the, property in the uh, properties in this country don't have a post office address, you know, 123 right. Main Street. They just have, because they haven't been built on yet. They're, they're just vacant land. So they don't, all they have is an accessory parcel number. And right. so, until we created this, it was impossible to find these properties. Yeah, I, I would spend hours sometimes trying to find them. It was really difficult because, you know, looking at a legal description, try to find a property that doesn't have an address. Even if you took out a house and you looked at, okay, I got to figure out the subdivision. I got to figure out the lot. You know, if you didn't know the, the address, I got to get a plat map. That's what you got to do to figure out the lot. So We took it a step further. Now it's got the owner's phone number in there too. Yeah. So you can look up any property that way and say, you know what, I'd, I'd rather have a team of, people in the Philippines start cold calling everybody in this one county in Michigan, let's say, see if they want to sell their property. If that's, that's how you choose to go about this, I don't recommend that at all. But you can do that because the data, the data is available. So that's the thing. So that's so the, so we have the acquisition tools that we use, which are the data. He's working on some other things. We have the getting in the mail company. Then we have neighbor scoop. Wait, 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 with with neighbor scoop. I don't want to go past neighbor scoop really quick. Yeah. Uh, so excuse me for my ignorance, Joe. If I'm trying to understand, so when you when you're using neighbor scoop to do due diligence from your computer, how does how, I mean this is land? So what 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 due diligence are you doing? Great question. I'm making sure that the person I'm talking to is really the seller. Five A's. That was a time for the five A's. So I'm looking. So yeah, we have this thing that for our acquisition criteria, we have used to be the four A's. Now they're the five A's and I can do all this in neighbor scoop. So here's what I'm looking for. Number one, access. I'm looking at it. Do I see the road? Is there legal? I can see legal and physical access as I'm looking at it. Number two, um, acreage. You know, I wanted to double check. Is it what I thought it was? And we sent it out. Yeah, it's 10 acres. I see it right here. I'm looking at it. Great. Um, you know, number three, uh, attribute. You know, how far is it? I'm looking. Now I can see where it is. Oh, I see the lakes over here. Or, hey, look, this is where the city is or the airport is. All right, there's some attributes there. But, oh, gosh, look how close it is to the Grand Canyon. I don't know, whatever it is. Or it's um, six miles out of Vegas or, or something whatever. like that. Whatever identifiable. Right. And then number four, affordability. You know, I'm talking to the guy, he likes, he's liking my offer. I sent him a crazy offer. He's calling me back. He likes it. We're talking and I'm making, so he's calling me usually because he accepted my offer. And now I'm making sure I really want to buy it. And I'm also looking at it to make sure that my offer wasn't nuts. Did we come in too high? Is he calling me back so fast because we accidentally overpriced? Yeah. What does that price, what does that price look like (laughs) next to all the other properties that are have either recently sold or are actively for sale? That's another huge thing because what I can do in neighbor scoop, I can, I can click on his property and there's often sold information in there. I can see, okay, he paid this for it in 1992. All right, I feel good. This is about right. And I can click around and see, oh, this guy sold this one in 2018 for that price. And I can yeah. just do it right there. And the last thing is, oh, we just came up with this alive. A lot of people get all into this process and they, they're doing this stuff and they don't, they forget to ask, is the person who's going to sell the property alive and able to sign? Is it the right person that you're talking to? You don't want to talk to you know, the son of the property that grandpa 
passed on yeah. to him because he so just thinks because he's holding a will that that just makes it an easy thing. Yeah. It's not a, it's not that easy. It's got to be done the right way before you can sell the property. You can't just say Grandpa wrote it wrote it down for me. It's mine. That no. that opportunity that mm-hmm. that that situation we every week we deal with that yeah. and uh, we we've have members who have made that their lifelong career mm-hmm. to undo the legal aspects of heirs who have property in their parents or grandparents' name and they get it have to get it into their name right. and sell it. And without us or without these members understanding how to do that and every state's different, they would that that property would just go back to the taxing authority and end up on some tax uh, tax sale list right. eventually. So yeah, so back to the question. So I can use I use neighbor scoop for that quick five minute overview to make sure, yeah, okay, I like it. I, everything's checking my boxes, then I'm going to take it to the next level. And that'll be another later on where I'm really going to check the back tax situation. Is there an HOA? You know, um, you know, what's, what's going on in the area? Maybe a little bit, is it buildable? I might call the County and look at things like that. Just so I know who, cause I want to make sure I'm buying a good property from, from my buyer. Cause I'm going to mark it up, make it look good, celebrate all these things that I found out about the property and how great the fly fishing is, you know, just how many yards away, and that's going to like be how I It's like fifty yards from us right now, fly fishing. Yeah, I love that. I love that. That's an entire yeah. mode. Let's <laughs> let, let's wrap up the app section and let's talk okay. about the back end side of things, right? The administrative side of things. Um, you guys use a car, credit card processing uh, mm-hmm. company called Heartland. Um, mm-hmm. what, are you, what are you using a credit card processor for in the first place? Some of the properties are cheap enough that people just pay cash. You know, just put on my credit card. It's like might be a. Some people, when they start out, they might buy a property of $1,000 and sell it for $5,000. And at that number, people are really easy to check out, put on a credit card. And they're, especially now, they're so excited. $5,000, I just bought four acres in, you know, wherever Tennessee. Kind and of, a meal? They love it. <laughs> exactly. Love it. That's really, totally. you know, I think that you're, from what yeah. I'm hearing, your, your listeners might be very interested in testing something like that. Um, because I'll tell you, it's a real easy way. If you buy something for a thousand bucks and resell it for 5,000 in a different channel on the internet, never go see it. Never yeah. uh, really get into the real estate business. Just do that. And you do that 10 or 10 times. Now you're making, you know, 40, $50,000 a month. Now you're thinking about quitting your job. Mm-hmm. So that's what it, that's the kind of the linear thinking that I think is really healthy and allows you to, Hey, I tested it. I made 40,000 bucks on the side. I only make $60,000 a year here. I might be able to do this. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So obviously we want our, our students and we want all investors to get the type of, of experience that helps them build out great teams. Right. And you never want somebody to per se hire a virtual assistant or get some assistance if they don't personally know how to make the calls and close the deals themselves. But right. in, the, in, in when they do get to that stage, right? You guys have a phone service as well that's called Pet Live. Tell me a little bit more about that. So these are that's a that's a, a third party that we just uh, have been using for years and just really appreciate them and worked out a, a great um, a relationship and they understand our customers and a and big our, discount and a great discount exactly. We don't get anything off of it too. We don't, we don't get any kickback. I'm like, you know what? I want you guys to have it. Just use this company. I worked out a great deal. You guys get it all kind of thing because yeah you need when you get going when you're starting out like you said Jerry, when you're starting out i want you to know how to learn to do everything yourself and as you do that's my thing get 10 deals under your belt buy and sell 10 properties you're going to know a lot you're going to know 
what you're good at, what you're not good at, what you like, what you hate. Maybe you hate deeds. You know, you hate doing the paperwork part of it. You'll figure all those little things out. Maybe or you hate, hate talking on the phone. Maybe you don't like people. You know, maybe you say. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so you'll figure all that out. So then we have, there's, there's a laundry list of things that we have that we've created. Like you said, deed perfect. There's all kinds of little things to kind of help you along the way to get all of these things done. And then the last, I think the biggest thing is you got to stay organized. There's two, two last pieces to this the whole business is um, staying organized, um, whatever that is to you. There's so many great CRMs out there. I don't know anyone, and we've personally have not created our own because, um, and like said, you got to use this because there's everybody, everybody can, there's so many out there you can customize them your own way. We use Airtable um, internally, but everybody can do it. It doesn't matter. And then they, the last thing is just holding yourself accountable. And that comes back to him in the calendar. You have to, a lot of people start and stop. They're like, okay, I send out mail. They're going to do all these deals. They buy all the property. They, they do it. They market, they sell it. And they're all done. And the good news is great. Now I have, I started with, you know, $5,000. Now I have $20,000 in my account, but they're like, now what? got to do it again. It is better if you get it in a system. Don't, don't, it's better than having highs and lows. Just start and don't stop. Yeah. I love that. So let's wrap up the segment with this. When you guys think about the business or businesses that you've built, I mean, what is, what's the North star? Like there's so much that, and it seems like there's so much, but if you guys are what I, what, what I, what I know to be true, because um, I'm in the same industry it, it, it all kind of goes together. It's all hand in hand. It's not sporadic different things. And it may look like that from the outside, but I know it's not. So, you know, you guys are, are building apps that your your students can use. You guys are, are still buying land and in the trenches, you guys are, um, you guys are educating, right? I mean, that's a, that's a, I mean, you guys have a platform, right? So what's, what's your North Star? What do you, what do you, and it's so hard. It's like, where do you get the words for this question? You guys know what I mean. Like what? I do. I know what you mean. Where is it going? <laughs> oh. I'll answer that in two parts. Yeah. Uh, there is no replacement for buying land and reselling it for more. I don't see us ever stopping to do that. Uh, you know, until we're too old to type. I just don't see us that, that stopping. And, and that a lot of people come to this business and they ask us questions like, Am I too late to the party? You know, and that the the, uh, the answer to that is absolutely not. You know, every year people who own land uh, get a tax bill, and they say, "Damn it! You know, why am I paying? I paid this tax bill for twenty years. I'm never going to use this property, or this is grandpa's property." And so it prompts them. It's a call to action, natural call to action for them to go back in the file and get our offer out and say, "You know what? I am sick of this. I do want to sell my property." So it, it's never going to go away. There's no replacement for buying and selling land. It's a foundation for what I've been doing since the early '90s. Jill's just made it better. And uh, I, for the right personality type, they can do it too very, very effectively. The second part of the uh, North Star question is, I've assigned myself this lifelong role of being on the forefront of this industry from a tech standpoint and everything else. And that's why I'm constantly developing these tech apps like Parcel Fact and NeighborScoop and Offers to Owners and all the other stuff. Deep Perfect so that as technology exponentially increases and real estate, buying and selling real estate does not, buying and selling real estate has been exactly the same since, uh, you know, since the great land grab. What's changed is these tools and technology is going like this. So I need to go like this to provide these tools to make it easier for everybody to do it. So I've 
and we're on the forefront of making these that where they're dashboards that where you can just go in and say, you know, I'm going to look at Kansas as an acquisition candidate, bang, 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 and make it easy or whatever. So I hope that answers the question. I mean, Oops, I'm going to add, because I know too, his other part is um, for you is being a, a form of a, um, a teacher yeah. and sharing that he loves that. That's his thing. All of the things that we've done, um, it starts with Steve, and then I add in, hey, this is what you are a pro at. Can I get a section of you on that? And how do you do this? Really I'll answer well? my next question. Um, okay. okay. <laughs> this is actually I'll my next you. question because I'm, like, I'm like, okay, Steve, you're out on a walk or you're in the shower, you're, you're, you're on a bike ride, whatever, you're watching TV, an idea pops into your head. Oh, my goodness. I have to execute on this. How, how long do you sit on that? with yourself before you know it's something you have to execute on what role does jill play in that does she always like uh, let's wait or she is like let's go now like how how does the evolvement of these ideas come about excellent question to write too this is true time it's usually not one big huge grandiose idea yeah. it might be something like hey neighbors groups are already launched and everybody loves it and it's cash flowing really well for us and everybody else is happy with everything what if we added MLS data to it? Or it's usually something like that, or these dashboards that I'm working on. I go and do all the research. Jill never knows about it. I go and do all the research, and I say, it's time to bring Jill in, because it's possible. Like, I'm going back and forth in a legal, uh, legal contract right now with Black Knight to develop one of these dashboards, and she doesn't need to know about this stuff. Do you even know that, that I that's do. happening? Yeah, I do. So, <laughs> So uh, you know, there's a certain point where I'm like, all right, this is possible and it's feasible. Uh, and I think that it's going to work. Then I'll bring Jill in because I don't want to waste your time. Because I'll tell you nine times out of 10, I, it doesn't get the Jill because I just don't think it's going to work. So why I, I, waste your time? I don't know all the little nuances. That's true. I know the big picture. But but even before it got to me at that point, he's already run, run it all and give it. So to answer the question, Dre, um, by the time he comes to me with an idea, he's run it six different ways and all. I just have to go, I guess this is what we're doing now. Okay. <laughs> but sometimes we do brainstorms. We had a brainstorm the other night. We were out um, having, we were watching the Dodgers game, by the way. Yeah. And we're, we're, uh, we thought of a whole new thing that we want to kind of work on for content wise. I put it in my calendar and I'm like, I'm starting to schedule it out. I'm like, that's a great idea. We're doing that. I so, love it. I, love my, it. I would say my other North Star thing that I want to do is I have a real strong thing I want to get is uh, for women in this yeah. profession. There are still not a lot of women uh, in, real estate investing, not agents, not brokers, things like that, but doing the stuff I do and being owners and making the decisions yeah. and buying these properties, you know, um, and running companies. And I really want to help women. Half the people in our advanced group are women. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know why the industry doesn't reflect that. I don't know. Maybe, maybe because I'm. I don't know if it's because I'm here and they yeah, feel comfortable. Yeah, I don't know. We're gonna talk. But. We're gonna talk a little bit more about this offline because I've noticed some some interesting things as well. Um, oh, cool. Okay, so it, it it sounds like guys that we've we've completely learned and obviously we haven't. We've learned the intricacies of your lives. We know everything about you guys. We know the companies <laughs> that you guys are running. Um, no, you guys are really honestly. You guys are doing great things in, in, in the land space. Uh, it sounds amazing, right? All these tools and all this help and this community and even the, the, the investors and uh, just, just 
again, for the average investor who wants to go out and do these things, I think we've laid out a pretty solid foundation. But again, if you're type A or if you're the person who's like, I need my handheld, I need a little bit more, I need the actual step-by-step, I need the paperwork, I need Jill or I need Steven, whatever the case may be, I want you guys to know that, hey, they do offer um, a, a way for you guys to get involved with them. And I just want you guys know that everything that we shared will be in the show notes. So all the links to all the individual apps, but if you just want everything, right, we have one special link for you guys. It's over at before the millions.com forward slash L A N D, which is forward slash land. And that'll take you straight to their website. You can research them. You can do a little bit more digging. You can uh, apply for the free, um, for, for their free software. And then you can, if you want to take it a step further, you can do that as well. So again, that link is before the millions.com forward slash land. This episode is brought to you by the 90 X journal. It is a little known fact that you are 42% more likely to achieve your goals when you write them down consistently. In fact, Forbes describes this as one of the most potent ways to achieve your goals. I actually tried a few of those iPhone journaling apps, but It wasn't the same for me. For some reason, I needed something more visceral, something more concrete. And you can call me old school or you can look at it as a form of brain hacking. But a physical journal has been key to the consistent achievement of my quarterly goals. The thing, though, about physical journals is that they aren't all made the same. And I ran through just as many different types of journals as I did apps and none of them checked the boxes. Personally, I needed something that would help me create a step-by-step plan to achieve any goal in 90 days. I needed something that would help me decide on these goals, decipher the most important ones, time block, and then prioritize. And that's when I found the 90X journal. The only journal that not only has a sleek look that demands compliments, but it's not just arm candy. From a vision board, an income tracker, to a 90-day calendar assistant, to habit trackers and affirmations. This journal does it all. And for the BTM tribe, I was able to snag you a sweet discount to try your first one or restock for next quarter. Visit beforethemillions.com forward slash 90x and enter code millions15 at checkout. That's beforethemillions.com forward slash 90x and enter the code millions15 with the numbers written out 15 at checkout. Now, since I've started doing these two things, rewriting my goals every single day and using the journal's built-in water consumption tracker, I've had a clear mind and clear skin. LOL. Again, visit beforethemillions.com forward slash 90X and enter code millions15 at checkout for 15% off of your entire order. Lifestyle Design Acceleration Hacks. What is your favorite Before the Millions book? I mean, I can answer that. It's uh, not a real estate book at all. It's called uh, Showing Up for Life by Bill Gates Sr., uh, Bill Gates' father. That's and, a new and, recommendation. Okay. I like it. It's that. an older book, and, and it's, uh, it has everything to do with just the, the, how to have a personality and show up for life and, and what you need to do. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yes. Jill, how about you? I'm, I'm still loving the Mary Kay book and her story. Yeah, she got a, a late start and uh, she used her, her family and her relationships and, and the way she treated people really showed and she built an empire around that. Yes. What's the name of her book? Because I have to read it. It's Mary, It's just the Mary Kay. It's like a, a bio about Mary the, Kay. The, it's, okay. Got it. Got it. Absolutely. Yeah. That sounds amazing. It's really um, good. What is your favorite lifestyle design app? This can be a business app or tool, as if we haven't talked about apps already enough. <laughs> Microsoft Outlook. Yeah. 
I'm and really same. Microsoft 365, how it just integrates everything in there. And now with Teams, yep. I mean, Jill and I run yeah. a run a probably 15-person shop, and I can get everybody in three minutes. Everybody, if it's going a little sideways, we can get it. Everybody knows what they have to do. Outlook mm-hmm. for sure. Same Love here. it. Love it. Yeah. What do you enjoy most about the way your lifestyle is currently designed? Can I go first? Yeah. I'm doing it from Park City, Utah right now. <laughs> I'm, I, can be, I can be three states over. It doesn't matter. I, you know, if I have internet, I'm okay. I could do it from the back of a boat. That was his thing when we first got together. Yes, that was, that was, that was, that was me. That was me, yep. yes. <laughs> what about you? What about you, Stephen? My life changed the day that Jill and I walked out of a county building uh, at a back tax auction. We bought 11,000 properties and Jill quit her job. And it, that's when it just, uh, she and I, it was just a hockey stick of growth uh, from that wow. day in 2010 or 11. I think it was 2011. Wow. So my mine is Jill. Aww. Wow. Thank I hope you guys celebrated and, and went out to a Oh, my gosh. Steak. Not steak. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, we celebrate noodles. all the time. Noodles. Ramen noodles. Ramen. Did you, you guys have that's ramen right. noodles that night? A, there's no. no shortage of celebrating around here. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I love that. Uh, ne- next question. What were the sacrifices that you knew you had to make before the millions to get to where you are today? Hard work. You really have to, I, um, you have to get up. I, I have to get my hard stuff out of the way in the mornings. Eat and, that for uh, yeah. That's, that's Early on, the sacrifices I made were getting over the fact that I actually knew what I was doing. It was self-confidence. I had to, That's a big issue. Uh, really early on, self-confidence, I got over that. Uh, and then it was just hard work from there. Um, but I always enjoyed buying and selling real estate. So uh, it's all family. It's mostly family stuff. It's not, I don't feel like, I don't feel like we sacrificed no, that much. Neither. I did most of the sacrificing before I met Jill. So she, now it's all like frosting. <laughs> Thanks. I could relate to the to to the uh, not really know, knowing what I'm doing thing. I, I mean, just taking it back to the accounting world. I mean, again, I don't know how many people are, are in that space listening to this, but I remember like, it, and this can probably be across all professions. That first year as an accountant, as a staff one, I mean, you I remember that you don't know what's going on. You're just like, Here, <laughs> yes, I'll take this, I'll do the, whatever. And then, and year two, you realize how much you actually really did know. Yes, it's like, oh yeah, I actually knew a lot. It's, and you know, the only way you're going to find that out is if somebody's telling you, yeah. like, or, you know, and that's, and sometimes you get to get, if you throw a couple bad bosses in there, you can do the greatest thing ever. They're never going to tell you you're doing a good job. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not talk about that. <laughs> or um, wives. You can get a wife, a wife that's not telling you you're doing anything positive oh. at all either. There you go. There you go. I love it. And speaking of, uh, next question. Who was essential to your growth before the millions and why? Maybe not speaking of, because I mean, there's plenty of people that could be essential to you guys' growth. So who was essential to your growth before the millions and why? I know it sounds cliche, but it really is, Stephen. I knew that I was, wow, and I, I knew I could that. do bigger things. Um, and I didn't have wow. a roadmap. I didn't know what the business was going to be. And so uh, when you presented this opportunity, I just ran, you know, I'm so happy. And I love it. It turns Aww. out I love it. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Thanks. My best friend's father in high school uh, owned a, bought, while we were in high school, two or three large manufacturing facilities in Detroit and um, was understaffed and all kinds of stuff. So I ended up working there every summer and being exposed to like buying something and having to turn it around. So before the internet, uh, I learned Lotus, believe it or not, uh, mm. and helped actually helped their 
grown people learn computers and things like that. So wow. it was a huge confidence builder for me, but his father in a lot of ways, him, uh, but that was, I, I, it taught me what was possible. So you could, you know, go file and get an LLC and, and, uh, you know, get some employees and get a loan and just the basics of all that. Wow. Wow. I love it. Last but not least, why do you think so many of us are stuck before the millions, even though we have every intention of getting to the millions? Fear. Oh, that's good. Fear of succeeding, fear of failing, all kinds. I, t- I this is one of the things, and he's in, he's information. I'm inspiration. Kind of how we divided up the things, and it just kind of naturally goes that way. All of my consulting calls, ninety nine percent of them, are very smart people, and fear is stopping them. That's it. Just taking that first little step. I don't know if I'm going to sound good on the phone. Who cares? You're going to figure it out. Five phone calls later, you're going to know what you know how it goes you just have to do it that's i think you can overcome anything and i mean anything if you're uh have the right head mindset but every time somebody leaves our group and it's not a lot of people we do an exit interview a real short one like hey what's going on and literally 90 percent of the people say you know what it's not you guys not the group and it's not the thing i just got this life thing i i've got you know my kids the covid happened and my kids are moved back in with me i got to do this this and this or my wife's not into it anymore or or any life just life and so i think you can't let that get in the way i I hear it over and over again with people it's true I love it. I love it. And we'll end with that, guys. This has been an amazing podcast episode. I may have to go back and listen to this a few times. Um, again, if you if you guys want to learn a little bit more about the Land Academy and sign up uh, for a membership, head over to beforethemillions.com forward slash land. But Jill and Steven, if the listeners want to learn a little bit more about you guys, maybe say hi or ask you guys a question or two, or maybe your staff, where, where can they get a hold of you? Where can they find some of your information? Absolutely. We set up a website called landinvestors.com and it's a free forum. It's a lot like bigger pockets. I don't know if your listeners are familiar with that, but it's free. You sign on and you can ask questions like, are these guys full of crap? Uh, or you can ask, it's all our members. Some are members and some are uh, some not investors. They'll, they'll tell you, they'll say, you know, yeah, I just did my first deal or, or uh, Joe's awesome and Steve's an idiot or whatever. It's really a really true, true forum. <laughs> that's, that would be the first step I would take. Yeah, I love, good. It. I love it. Well, the link to that will be in the show notes. Thank you guys so much for coming on. It's been amazing. And we'll talk to you. Thank there. you to Ray. No problem. Thanks, Ray.